Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And on the morning of day three, right throughout the summer, we've been joined by the Chief Executive of the Australian Cricketers Association at a most fascinating juncture in time for the players of the game around the world, Todd Greenberg. Todd, great to see you. And to you. Thanks for having me on the show again. John, join the national debate. Do you believe in Steve Smith as an opener? <laughs> well, I hope so. Um, he hasn't showed his best yet, but uh, let's give him a little bit more time. He's, uh, he's all class, so we've got no doubt he'll make runs. How did we navigate Australia Day yesterday, which is a tricky proposition yeah, I'm not so sure how tricky it is. I mean, I think we've just got to be pretty true and authentic about it. I mean, look, let, my starting position on this is there's 196 countries in the world, and I'm pretty happy that I drew Australia when I was born. Um, I'm a very proud, patriotic Australian. But equally, um, having spent a long time in rugby league and got to know a number of Indigenous players and their families, I'm also very conscious of the hurt and um, the difficulties that Indigenous Australians have with Australia Day. So... You know, the Australian government mandates that it's still the 26th of January. We respect that. Um, and I think we've tried to find a balance. So I think that's what cricket's done. Um, and I think that's what the players are searching for as well, trying to find that balance because they're patriotic too and they'll sing their anthem and they're proud of the country they live in. We didn't sing the anthem yesterday, which was uh, one, of the, mm. one of the curiosities of where mm. we find ourselves. How hurtful would it be to the Indigenous cricketers of Australia, which Nick Hockley spoke yesterday around cricket's poor mm. um, development of yeah. uh, poor participation rates yeah. and the like. How hurtful to the Indigenous cricketers of Australia would it be if we celebrated the day like we used to? Yeah, I think it would be very hurtful, as it would be to the Indigenous population of this country as well, both men and women. So that's the part that I'm talking about in trying to find a balance. I don't think we should stop celebrating for those who do truly love Australia Day. But there has to be some pause and reflection that it means different things to different people. And that's where I think the balance needs to be struck. Um, it would be nice to think that our national day is in pride for every single person that lives here. That's ultimately the goal. But those decisions are for others to make. Um, but I think as sports, we have to be conscious of both. Pat Cummins uh, gave voice to that in a very reasonable way. Hmm. Were they cheap shots from right-wing politicians to yeah. have a, a sting at him? Absolutely. I mean... It, Pat's in a position where he gets asked questions and he's strong enough and has the courage of his conviction to give genuine answers. That's what makes him an authentic leader. And any authentic leader that has to be asked a question gives a genuine answer. And I thought his answer was right on the button, um, as was Steve Smith the following day. The pink ball. Um, I still sense there's a little bit of resistance from the players themselves. There's a few compromises to the way they like the game to be. We've seen the awesome primetime power of the game and mm. the sheer entertainment value across two days. Mm. What, what is the 
the player attitude towards pink ball tests? Oh, look, I think they understand the value of it uh, and certainly understand the commerciality of the pink ball cricket. Uh, in saying that, though, I think if they had a choice, they would be playing just the one over summer, not more, uh, because of the, the the beautiful part of what red ball cricket brings. Um, and it's different. There's no doubt that pink ball's different. But like everything with players, you have to explain the why. You have to sit down with them and have meaningful conversations with them. Uh, and you and I have had these conversations over time on a variety of different subjects. The pink ball is exactly the same thing. So, um, you know, most players don't like change. Most players will revert to the position that they know and feel comfortable with. And that's why the evolution of pink ball cricket is an interesting one because it is different and it plays different and it's different for both batters and bowlers and everyone will have their view. Nick spoke yesterday around the 4-1 split, which he mm. thinks is right. So there yeah. will be a pink ball test for forevermore in Australia as yeah. matters stand. Is, yeah. that, is that the acceptance? Yeah, I think so. Um, but there'll be no doubt there'll be pressure at some point in the evolution to play more of that. Um, and we have to balance those commercial realities and ratings and all those sorts of things that we just spoke about against the pure tradition and value of the game. So oh, I think we've got a pretty good balance at the moment. And, you know, uh, this test match as we sit here this morning, is, or sit here today, is is on the precipice, could go on either side. Mm. And maybe the pink ball's got something to do with that. Did scarcity save the BBL? Well, it certainly helped, I think. Uh, you and I have had this conversation pre in previous uh, test matches about scarcity in elite professional sport being your friend, not your foe. Um, and I think it does. And I think there's a certain level of bravery we have to think about in scheduling, which says that scarcity can create more value and better yield. Um, I think almost what we've seen in the last decade in all sports is we just add more. More content equals more revenue, but I think scarcity can create better yields. How close to the perfect window do you think what we just had is for the template in the future? Yeah, I think the next two summers will be really, really interesting for us because we get back to a more traditional summer and a clear window for the BBL. So, uh, Plus, we've got teams like India and England coming, so they're going to be bumper summers in cricket. Um, but I think we'll, we'll find that that right middle ground for the BBL. Um, a great finish the other night. I was there on Wednesday night, the SCG. Full house, amazing atmosphere. Probably didn't have the finish that most people wanted, but, hey, that's 2020 cricket sometimes. Yep. How life-changing can a few days be for a player <laughs> like Josh Brown? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? You know, all of a sudden he's gone from grade cricket into uh, Big Bash and now he's looking at international T20 contracts. I'm not sure if you could give me another sport that could do that pull someone out of grade cricket um, and then all of a sudden he's on the global stage. Um, it's quite remarkable. I mean, that innings the other night uh, in the penultimate game was like some hitting I'd never seen. Um, I was actually, you know, sitting at the SCG. I got a bit disappointed we got out the other night because he's just phenomenal to watch. Um, but yeah, it's a great story. Um, a reminder to anyone who's playing in their cricket, um, don't give up on your dreams. They can come at any point in time. And that's... So we quite rightly obsessed with so where is cricket heading mm. cricket's never been healthier but it's just changing from what we've always known how mm. how powerful is that for cricket for for those who dedicate their lives to it for those who dabble with it that mm. there's all sorts of career paths through it where there used to be only 11 caps and you'd choose another sport if you weren't quite going to nail down one of the 11 yeah absolutely i mean that's that's the real advantage uh, but it creates some challenges as well. As you'll see here, there'll be some of these young West Indian players who we're seeing for the first time who no doubt will be targeted for T20 contracts, which will then put uh, test cricket for them in a difficult spot for their home country. So 
I think it has enormous upside, huge opportunities, but will create challenges. And that's the conversation you and I had maybe a month ago where there's plenty of money in cricket. There's more money in global cricket now than we've seen at any time in history, but we have to make sure that the distributions of those revenues go in the right areas in order to protect the things that are sacred to the sport. Yeah. So we're about to have the next case study of the compromises that come. We're going to have an ODI series with mm. a... Uh, not unrecognisable, but a vastly different cast to mm. what the Australian team mm. is. To, how do we negotiate that? So I, I would say Cricket Australia has lived its promise to prioritise Test cricket, mm-hmm. and these players have to have a break at the end of the set. So level with the public. Say, we're doing exactly what you've asked us to do. Yep. We can't roll them out in these 50 overs games, so these have to find a different purpose. This is what the purpose yep. is. And I think um, being upfront with the public about that and the players uh, acknowledging that, I think, is really important. Uh, again, something you and I have t- talked about is We've got to make sure that as much cricket as possible is has meaning. It has jeopardy, if you like. Yep. Because that's what the public want in any sporting contest is jeopardy in the contest. And sometimes, you know, being frank, we do play some meaningless cricket in the schedule all over the world. And that is, for, for, for me, it dilutes the value. So as much uh, cricket with jeopardy, I think, is really important. And you'll find the players lean into that and you'll have your best playing. Uh, but I do think as we head into what is a slightly different era, that there'll be not just 11 of the best white ball players, there'll be more. And we have to get comfortable with the fact that we'll rotate them around. Do do these three one-dayers hurt Australian cricket? No, I don't think they hurt them. But is there real jeopardy in that? Um, that's the that's the open question. Um, they'll, they'll be great games and, you know, there'll be great experiences for people. But, you know, as we develop the schedule long-term what was really, really in top of my mind is how do we create jeopardy for every time we play? And at the moment, that's not the case in yeah. global cricket. So the jeopardy is for the individual cricketers. So Potentially. And Potentially. Butler, if they get their look at it. Yeah, and it's, um, it's their opportunity. So for them, for that particular moment in time, there's something in the contest. And, that, and that's a good thing. But, you know, um, you know there's, there is parts of the global cricket calendar that need some work. And, and again, that takes some strategic leadership. It needs the ICC to come into that. And it needs all the countries to play ball. I'm not suggesting that it's a perfect solution here because, you know, when you're playing cricket, there's lots of revenue attached to it and there are some big drivers with our broadcast partners. So uh, I'm not talking it down for one moment, but I am a realist to know that when people watch sport, they want to see the contest and they want to see the contest that matters. I'll just tease a conversation that we'll have probably later on this year. Do you have a feel for what the possibilities for cricket in the U.S.? Uh, knowing that there's a World Cup coming later this year? Um, well, I think it's got significant potential. Um, there is an enormous um, Indian population, Pakistan population, that have gravitated to the US. Um, I think uh, what we saw last year from some of the players' feedback playing in that league in the middle of the year was nothing more than positive. Um, so I'll be fascinated to see how some of the games in the T20 Cup, World Cup this year go in the US. Um, I think it's a very fertile opportunity for cricket. I'd love to see us grab it with both hands. Yeah. Do you have a view on the NRL going there, just incidentally, <laughs> to, to Vegas? Well, I mean, I think, you know, unashamedly, they've said this themselves. It's a play for wagering revenue. So, you know, I wish them luck. Um, it's a hard place, Vegas, um, for those who have been there. It's... In a lot of ways, it reminds me sometimes of going to the Gold Coast. It's very transient. Um, it's hard to get stickiness. So, 
it won't be easy, but you know, there's some good people there. They'll try their best, and I wish them good luck. At, did the ACA have an active role in the Glenn Maxwell scenario as it played out for oh, if If you were to say active role means me ensuring the player's okay and making sure that we check in, that's our role there. Um, you know, I think it's. I was pleased to see that, as I would expect, the coach and Glenn have had conversations directly and those conversations should stick with each other um, and they should be honest and direct, which is exactly how they have transpired. Um, one thing I've learned in my journey, life's not a straight line. We make mistakes. Um, players will certainly make their share of mistakes. Um, and I think Glenn, on reflection, will, will certainly be better for the experience. So uh, that's, that's exactly where I am. Those who thought there should have been a punitive aspect to this, mm. to, would you push back against that? Yeah, I mean, you know, those sorts of things are for, I think, a, a very different level. Um, on this occasion, it's about decision-making. And, you know, you and I have made some poor decisions in life and probably will continue to occasionally um as you get older you get wiser uh but people make mistakes and you know we move on i think that's exactly how andrew mcdonald has approached it as the coach and as i said honest upfront direct conversations usually can fix most of those things have we navigated this summer about as well as possible with um uh not the not the forerunners of world cricket here yeah i think i think there would have been a lot of skeptics coming into both Pakistan and the West Indies, but I thought both series have been great. I think the crowds have been great. Um, and, and I think the crowds have been great, almost irrelevant who's playing, because they love coming to venues at certain parts of the year. They're big events um, and they're big moments and scarcity. Again, we talked about it before. You, the MCG test is not on every second week. You know, It's once a year, and so when you have it, people love it, and they embrace it, and it's traditional, and I think we've found that. So I think it's been a great summer. And, you know, I mean, I, I was here yesterday when the West Indies got some of those quick wickets. Not for once will you ever hear me say I was happy to see our Australian team lose wickets, but the joy and the celebration of seeing the West Indies in the field like that brought me back to my childhood. Yep. I hadn't seen that before. I certainly hadn't seen it live. And the way they were running around the field, I, it got me up out of my seat. So... It was, I'm up, I reckon there's, there was a 29,000 others who were up for that yesterday too. It was great fun. Yeah, it gave us the answer to the question, is West Indies cricket worth saving? Yeah. From our point of view, yeah. yes. And now it's, it's up to them. Um, are, you, are the players supportive of a, the traditional summer? So it feels like Cricket Australia are trying to do deals with the state governments for mm. the next seven years to lock in yeah. what may very well be Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, Melbourne, Sydney, in yeah. that order, rinse yeah. and repeat. Yeah, it sounds like that. And... Um, Clearly what they're doing, they're doing their jobs by generating as much revenue and opportunity to do those games in those slots as possible. But again, building those traditional slots, giving people certainty about when to come and, and building events around that I think is a good thing for the sports, great thing for cricket in this country. Todd, great to see you. Thanks for stopping by each uh, day three of the Test Series. Good stuff. Good to see you too. Good Thanks.